the jungle, the vast wilderness of giant lush foliage, of tropical birds and fierce animal life, the killer tiger, the cunning hyena, the deadly python that can crush a giant elk, the proud lion, a fierce lioness stalking a prey to feed her young, and the buzzards, the scavengers of the jungle, soaring lower, ever lower, eager to devour the dead or the dying. Kill or be killed. This is the law of the jungle. And here? What have we here? Who are these men? What can they possibly be doing in this cruel tropical wilderness? So, do you have any tales from your trip to see Titanic in real D3D? Do I have tales? Oh, boy, do I have tales. What a great way to start this podcast. Yeah. Um, so, um, I, I'll just start by saying um, 3D is absolutely unnecessary. Right. Uh, I, I st- really? I still prefer the... I, I wish I had seen it in 2D, to be honest. It's the same problem we've always had with 3D. But there isn't a 2D. The whole point of this is a, it's, it's a 3D, 3D right? showing. Yeah. That, that, what was the crowd like, by the way, at, at this well, screening? I'll get to that. I, I'm, I'm, but yeah, I'm. But like, just in terms of like capacity, like, well, it was a slightly smaller theater. It wasn't one of the big, big. Was ones. it almost close to full? Yes. Wow. So that's cool. People want to see the gym, Titanic, dude. Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you what though, Kate, Kate Winslet's boobs in 3D, dude. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they were. You haven't lived. It's like they were coming right at How me. How did they handle the uh, illustration on the paper? Did the were the. With the line drawing just popping off the page, <laughs> it was Jack's three D three D paintings. No, it was. Uh, it's like I could reach out and touch them. It was. It was. It was. Um, it was interesting. Um, yeah, I, I thought the movie worked uh, extremely well. Still hasn't really aged a day. Wow, uh, hot take. It was one of <laughs> the best theater experiences I've had in a while, despite the the three D of it all. I guess. Uh huh. But the the best thing about it for me was um, there came a point uh, uh, towards the the third act, you know, where everyone starts dying, of course. Um, <laughs> and there's there's just this one scene I think of like a, an old couple embracing, and then all of a sudden, yeah, when when the water starts seeping in from the yeah, that's the best. They're like cuddling in bed. Yep. Yeah. It's like the last hour of the movie. That shot fucking rules. God, what a good movie. <laughs> But all of a sudden I start hearing people crying. Right. Like, but not like, like, not like that. Right. Like crying. Yeah, that's kind out, of what it gets to me too. But like out loud and like ev- people around me are starting to get uncomfortable and they're kind of smiling and laughing. They're like, all right, that's interesting. And like, what do you mean? Like, can you mem- mimic the sounds? Like, it's like sobbing. Like weeping. Yes. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> yes. Okay. And Very- these are multiple people doing this? Yes. Okay. And I keep thinking like, all right, this is like people who probably saw the movie when it came out they're they're probably in their like their 40s or something like that 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 that's cool it's nice to see this movie still have that effect on people uh the movie ends and we go up to to see where where these people were coming from and abby and i spot these two like 15 year old girls that Uh are just drenched right then one then there's one friend there that's just kind of laughing and 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 just, you know, kind of being sarcastic to them and and she just looks at both of them she's like so what'd you think of the movie they had never seen the movie before wow so there's <laughs> these two 15 year old girls that are crying over a 25 year old movie never seen the the film before <laughs> they in their probably life. don't know what the titanic is no probably yeah. not <laughs> probably know nothing probably about, nothing about their disaster the material yeah <laughs> Uh, and you know they had every opportunity to go see Ant Man, right. but uh, no, think about how actually like powerful that is. A twenty-five-year-old movie in three D could make fifteen-year-old girls weep. I mean, that is these kind of 15 year old girls too by the way like tiktok <laughs> yes types, exactly yeah. that have the it's a three-hour movie too don't forget so it's sure it's fucking long so they they need to have the patience to stick with it to that point and they were very in it and the funniest thing is that there are a lot of points where it's like there's lots of like chaos and yelling that are that happens in that third act so you know obviously the it would get very very loud and you wouldn't hear them crying anymore but as soon as the sound would start to die down just a little bit the silence would be filled by their crying <laughs> 
Did that enhance or detract? <laughs> it was it was really the best, honestly. Wow. Fuck yeah. You're like, man, he's really ambitious with this new sound design. <laughs> This this is the the little Lucas details here, a little manipulative of the audience, yeah. but okay. Oh, wow, <laughs> it was great. Similar to my experience with with two of my guy friends seeing her for the first time in 2013. Mm. It was a similar kind of vibe. That's right. When we learned that love wasn't real, her and we embraced her and Titanic. <laughs> Dude, fucking big Jim, man, still out there, just just fucking dropping dimes, you know. Big Jimmy. I think uh, I think Titanic was the first nudity I'd ever seen in a movie as a kid. Got to be mine as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, was I think it, so. Was it my first nudity? Uh, you had seen Solo by that point. That's so, true. Right. I'd seen all sorts of crevices and holes. Uh, the Simpsons movie, <laughs> seeing Bart Simpson's penis, that was definitely towards the the beginning of of that experience for me. I want to say for me it was actually Animal House. Um, that's awesome. Did you see like? Uh, um, Spielberg embracing Tom Cruise at like the Oscars brunch or whatever, like the nominees brunch. No. And he goes, you saved cinema. Is that what he's Steven Spielberg said that to Tom Cruise. It's like, you saved our ass. You saved cinema. Wow. Yeah. Just fucking cinema's back guys. <laughs> if Steven Spielberg says it. Yeah. <laughs> That's worth more than an Oscar. It yeah. is. Yeah, exactly. It is. <laughs> it's worth way more than an Oscar. Well, at this point, this award season is gone completely out of control i'm totally into and i love i love it it's yes it is utter chaos very much ki- into it i'm kind of fascinated by it but like holy shit all quiet on the western front which was not projected to be a nominee a month and a half ago just won the bafta actually yeah. like swept the baftas i love it won- got director cinematography everything won seven jesus yeah yeah so like yeah. now all of a sudden that's a dark horse in the contest banshees is lingering kind of feels like people have faded on on uh, everything everywhere it's so weird i don't know what's happening it's so strange <laughs> trying to judge the the environment as it goes because yeah. it's you, you know you don't you never know you never I blame know. the super bowl blame the super bowl I guess. Why? yeah why because people are kind of like you know they're these authority figures like refs, you know, who are oh, just calling games wildly. It's it's throwing everybody off. They're not really sure. Like, do I want to be that? Do I want to vote that way? Well, similar to the Super Bowl, I placed a lot of wagers on the Oscars after this year's BAFTA Awards. And, uh, Did you we'll bet see- purple? Um, Did you bet purple? That's a good question. Uh, what what would even be the equivalent of that at the Oscars? <laughs> I don't know. Well, Steven Spielberg did direct the color purple, so I guess the Fablemans. Uh, yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't bet on the Fablemans, but yeah. I got some I got some chaotic ones in there. Let's just say <laughs> we gotta wait for the sags though. I got it. We for- no, I, I I get in early. Oh yeah, yeah, because I I I kind of feel the shifting winds and. Yeah. You know, I'm just I'm ready for when the hurricane hits and I'll know what's happening. Yeah, Brendan Fraser's not gonna win. No, no. it's fucking Butler time, dude. Butler all the way which I think like I haven't seen the whale yet because I can't stream it somehow it's not on demand a lot of these movies like women talking you can't watch yet you can't watch the whale they're out of theaters so they're kind of in limbo for some reason Uh, but I I don't know I think Austin Butler is as as worthy a winner as as you're going to get this year it's a a perfectly fine choice he's very good in that movie but yeah yeah. sure not like Angela Bassett (laughs) that's another weird one too do you see Wakanda Fever yet Nick yet yeah, I wasn't gonna. I wasn't planning to. Any, oh, I, I don't know. I forbid it. That's Nick. the kind of movie that. <laughs> no, no, no. That's that's the kind of movie. It's it's. I like to call these kinds of movies Disney Plus movies. That's sure. the kind of movie that like I'll watch one day when there's nothing else to watch. I mean, I'm not like against it, but I, I'm just not going out of my way. There's so many other things for me to watch right now. It's not. It, it's not even really the movie I watch when I have nothing to do. It's mm. like it's like I want to be entertained when I have nothing to do. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, no, when I have nothing to do, I'm like, ah shit, I gotta catch up on the Marvel Cinematic Universe you don't, right now. Though. Fucking Christ. And then I sit there. I gotta be honest, and listen, the Black Panther movies are as close as you're gonna get now to the insulated Marvel movies that don't really relate to the other ones. But like Julia Louis Dreyfus pops up halfway through this, and I'm like, "Who the fuck is this? What the hell is she? What is there? happening?" And she comes oh, in. Oh, you don't remember who she? she no, was I, in, I, rem- uh, I remember her from from uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, she's in that. That's right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that's crazy. It's the most crazy fucking cameo character introduction I've ever seen. She's in my introduced life. in that, and then isn't she like in a post credit sequence for Doctor Strange or something? What Probably. The, I, 
She's been popping up in these now, but she's been in like five movies. Waiting for Jerry Seinfeld to show what? up. Just, yeah, hey. I still don't know the character's name. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I'm so confused. I was really, really lost when she showed up. <laughs> I know. It's really confusing. Like, you have no idea. Let, let alone, I mean, Mar- Martin Freeman, by the way. Let's, let's, it's unbelievable. Let him go. Just get him. <laughs> what Be is free. What the, <laughs> get. It is cruel. I feel so bad for him <laughs> when he ever shows his face. It's tough because Martin Freeman now, it's, I, I pulled up because the Baptists were streaming yesterday on a service called BritBox. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard of this service, but it's just like a streaming service for British cop shows. Yes. So <laughs> it seems like Martin Freeman's only two sources of revenue now are Marvel movies and those like four episode. There was a girl murdered in the British village show. You know, oh, you and he, like, he does like five of those. Oh, a year. like like Midsummer Murders, a great show that I love. right. Yeah, I, he does I like bit, you know yeah. broad church kind of. And yeah. sure, what about Sherlock? That's got to be on. Does he get anything from that? I don't. I mean, when was the last episode of Sherlock? God, Six I, years ago. Oh, I don't know. I heard whispers that the uh, writer wants them to come back and do another another four. He's definitely available. Yeah, Cumberbatch. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how many more trips to the multiverse of madness he has planned, but. Um, yeah. We need to nuke the multiverse. We need to <laughs> drop a bomb and close them all off. It's getting insanely it, old. I hate it. Even the hardest core Marvel fans. I didn't see the new it, man. But even they were like, right, this is getting a little tiresome. <laughs> yeah. We're still doing the same fucking story. I had I had a friend of mine who who's gonna he's who's in the, the, the bachelor party asked me the other day, Do you wanna go see Ant Man? And I'm like, No, I don't wanna go see Ant Man. <laughs> Why do you want to see it? <laughs> what I love about these horrible Marvel movies, though, mm. personally, mm. is that they're a perfect thing for me to put on in the background and absolutely not pay attention to. I find that to be less true as the years go on. I feel like, you know, when the first Ant-Man came out, when the first Incredible Hulk came out, it's like, yeah, like I can watch this for an hour and a half and not care about it anymore. Now they're three fucking hours long, all of them. And they all have characters from multiple different spin-off shows. So I find myself having to go to the Wikipedia just to understand what's happening on just a plot level. No, I find myself like fucking zoning out for an uh, hour and then coming back and being like oh yeah okay there's a thing happening right on the screen next like I, thing I, I when i started black panther i'm like i forgot winston duke was in the movie as like the eighth or ninth lead and I'm, i i had to remind myself who that character was oh that dude <laughs> and who black panther's interest what love interest was in the original movie like i had forgotten it was lapita nyong'o i thought maybe dana garari was that also has a thank Thankless, thankless role in this new one too. By the way, just nothing. I, the movie to is do. full of people with thankless roles. I mean, it's just it's a, the entire movie. I don't get the movie. I don't get it. Like, what were they thinking? <laughs> I mean, they were thinking our star died, yeah. and we had a fifteen-year arc built around this actor. <laughs> exactly. It's not their fault, really. They had no. these characters set up because they had so much more planned. Right. Planned it out better than what whatever that was, though. Yeah, it, it's it, weird. So Shuri Letitia Wright's character is the lead of it, and she kind of feels like the sidekick in her own movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's very strange. Mm. There's just this big gaping hole in the middle of it that uh, clearly Chadwick Boseman was supposed to be in. Um, That's a shame. Yeah. Yeah. I think by default, though, one of the best Marvel things this year, though, like it's not like not like She-Hulk and who uh, who cares and Miss Marvel are giving it competition, you know, (laughs) who cares? Thor, love and thunder. Well, Thor, love and most things in life are better than Thor, love and thunder. Woofta. Yeah. All right. Speaking of your bachelor party. Oh, yeah. You guys got to open some very delayed presents, which are uh, stupid gifts. So I've been involved in a couple of these things by now. And usually they give you like a shot glass or they give you, uh, you know, a cigar or something. No, this one is important to us. I have a fun fact for you. I've never been to a bachelor party. Oh, really? I've never been invited to one. I've been excluded from several. <laughs> That's actively. Uh, but, and by that, I mean like family friends or something like that. My brother went because he was a few years older than me and I didn't get to go kind of thing. Sure. Uh, I, yeah, I've, I've never been to one. So I was wondering, is this some sort of bachelor party gift? Is that a thing guys do? That seems kind of not really. Not really. But like this, I, it's so in now. So trendy now. I'm like, all right, well, I'll do my own subversive spin on it in my experience uh, if a guy asks you to be a groomsman 
they prefer to just ask you over text and be done with it. But yes, the right. fiancés usually get involved and purchase the gifts on behalf of the guy. Well, that's your first mistake. Right. Well, this is not what happened. Mine is being delivered to me in a Five Guys bag. <laughs> a Five Guys burgers and fries bag. Mine is, uh, this box looks like it's from the movie Seven. It, it is. It's, it's, it's a, like, I am convinced there's a human head in this box it, right it's a, now. It's a prop that I, I, I actually bought from David Fincher himself. Wow. Fun fact, so. Um, okay, so th- this is your way of asking me to be your groomsman. Uh well well you you might you might turn it down but at this point because yeah of what, what if we what say no what what do you do do I have to return this because I'm not paying for postage go ahead open it <laughs> oh do you want one at a time Adam or do you want us to <clears throat> well um glad I have this now <laughs> <laughs> oh this is definitely a thing this is definitely a thing this is interesting I, there's an interesting development here oh yeah. This card says Nick and Nico's card. Yeah, but, it, but so, it's only Nick's. So I have a you card have for both of us. the one and only card. Oh, by the way, I had another idea. Maybe we could talk about it off air yeah. for uh, a personal thing we can all do. Involving Zach. Involving Zach? Yeah. Ooh. Okay. I just got a email from Zachariah. I was thinking maybe because he's having a baby in like a month or two. Like, uh, we, you know how like you get a baby? Wait, what? Yeah, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just just kidding. <laughs> well, you know how like you, you get like a c- cigars for a newborn. I was thinking maybe we should get cigars virtually and like send one to you and send one to him, and we all like light oh, uh, up over. Oh, smoke some cigars. Yeah. And should we get a real cigar for yes. the baby to smoke? Oh yes, yeah, of course. Get him started early, or yeah, maybe one for Jackie. Yeah, sure. Actually, Jackie might be more likely. <laughs> oh <smoke> god, <laughs> if we're being honest about oh, it. Oh my god. <laughs> um, do you want me to say what mine is, or should Nick read the card? First? Uh, Nick got the same gift. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. This card, I will read it. Happy to finally get you guys your official groomsman gifts. If you can stomach this movie, you can certainly <laughs> stomach being in my wedding party. So congratulations. <laughs> He's congratulating us. It's okay. the worst fucking limerick inside a card I've ever heard. Nick, I know this is a rough one for you in particular. So to ease the pain, I've included a complimentary grommet mug. <laughs> Should have made this rhyme. Perfect for a good cup of English tea. I'm a coffee drinker. It's You're guaranteed welcome. not only to warm your tummy, but also your heart. Wow. Jesus. Oh, I didn't show you the front of the card. Yeah, it's, just it's just a fucking boat. It's just a boat. It's just a boat. It's just a It's just a picture of a boat. <laughs> Is that one of the like two for one shits at the dollar store? Did you get that there? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. What would you All think right. so? Your your fiance got it. Let's not lie. I'm concerned about this. Oh, of course. Thank you, Adam. <laughs> Thank you for this copy of Pink Flamingos. <laughs> Criterion edition, Nick. Yeah, Blu-ray. Fucking Criterion Blu-ray. You gotta watch oh, it director, tonight. Director approved. That's right. So this is super special. Well, if John Waters gave the approval. Yeah, he's a he's a fuck that guy. <laughs> oh man, let me see. So it's it's got uh, it's got some liner wow. notes in there, right? It's got a nice little essay. And I would hope so. Commentary and behind the scenes shit. I do not own this, so. I, you well, can have mine. Would you like a copy? <laughs> <laughs> this is so going to be my, re- my yeah, re-gift. He's going to re-gift it, yeah. Wallace and Gromit, look at that. <laughs> oh, the nose changes color yes, with the temperature. <laughs> That's sick. Dude, I, I want that. It's a, it's a Wallace and Gromit. It's, uh, it's, it's Gromit. And uh, his nose is black. And when you add the hot liquid, it turns red. That's right. That's... Uh, why didn't I get that one? I love that mug. I'm kind of uh, annoyed that I, I felt compelled to give it to you. Um, yeah, I, I, I want that mug. It's amazing, Adam. This is the second mug you've bought me that I'm never going to use. Oh. It's it's incredible. That's a great mug. That's a fucking sick <laughs> That's a mug. great mug. Send that to me. Nick. This is the <laughs> thickest handle. This is so uncomfortable. This is not ergonomic at all. That's fucking sick. And I if I'm a that. lefty, I have to have Gromit staring at me That's as I right. <laughs> drink from his head. Thank God I'm a righty. Uh, wow. Well, thank you, Adam. You're very welcome. I'm kind of into this gift. I'm not going to lie. Yep. You like it? I'm kind of into it. Yep. <laughs> oh, look at this. Look at the cover with see. Divine. Oh, my God. Ugh. Of Divine. Ugh. What's uh, in it? 
What is oh, in it? Oh, these liner notes are sick. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, the little inside pamphlet is like uh, the cover of an old like tabloid <laughs> magazine or tabloid oh, newspaper. No. Are we required to watch this at the bachelor party now? Yes, you are, of course. No, we're gonna we're gonna see like a real life divine impersonator. Yeah. That's what we're doing. <laughs> you might. <laughs> We're going to go to a drag show and be the only bachelor party among the crowd of bachelorette parties. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be like 30 bachelorette parties and then just like six dudes. <laughs> Did you see that uh, Pink Flamingos made the long list of sight and sound? Did it? Yeah, it made the top 250. Wow. They, they released the top 250 last week and it, it made the cut. Uh, okay. Well, thank you for this, Adam. I really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, Find yourself another groomsman. That's what I. Oh, have to okay. Say. Yeah, damn. I thought, no I, thought, I really thought you would love the kids. And for that reason, I'm out. I really. <laughs> What's the ranking? Because you, as we all know, you have to rank your groomsmen. We're podcasters. We rank everything from best man down to worst man. Right. Oh boy, <laughs> who is the worst man? Who is the worst man? Yeah, worst man's a good title, actually. That's, That's pretty question. sick. It might be Nico. Yeah. It could be Nico. Wow. I'll take it. I have heard through the grapevine that I am your most handsome friend. That is true. Yeah. Easily. That's true. Not even close. Easily. Easily. <laughs> I haven't I haven't met the other guys in our group chat in person, but I'm I'm scared to think. <laughs> you found them all in a leper That's colony. Right. That's where he picks out all his best pals. Bunch of Frankenstein's monsters, these guys. Speaking of Frankenstein monsters. Oh, God. Uh, guys, we're here to talk about Bella Lugosi meets a Brooklyn gorilla. Yes, that is the name of the film we're talking about today. Title card says different, actually. The, the title card of this movie is The Boys from Brooklyn. So it's unclear yeah. when in the promotional process of this movie, the title got changed to include the actor Bella Lugosi, who, for the record, is not playing himself. He is playing a character in this film. That's right. I, I imagine after the movie bombed is when this yeah. title got changed. Or uh, maybe as soon as they realized this movie would bomb. Right? Uh, what's the what's the motivation to change the title? Just to add Bella Lugosi and attract people? Cor- correct. That's it? Bella Lugosi, yes, correct, is... Uh, Who gave a shit about Bella Lugosi? By far and away the most well-known and beloved person in this movie. Yeah, that's true, but like at this point in time... That is technically true. He is also on heavy amounts of morphine when he's on set of this movie and all <laughs> movies that he's doing. Um, if you've seen Ed Wood, you kind of know about Bella Lugosi's tragic final years of his life. Um, but yeah, he's a, a alcoholic, uh, morphine addict... And I think sort of on his last legs commercially, and he was doing a lot of these B-movies yeah. at the time. Um, but yeah, I'll tell you the story actually behind this movie because it's pretty fascinating. So let's first mention that although Bela Lugosi is in the title, he is not the star. No. Barely in the movie, if we're going to be honest. Yeah. Not the first time this has happened either with Bela Lugosi. The stars of this movie are guys by the name of Sammy Petrillo and Duke Mitchell. Playing themselves, Sammy and Duke. <laughs> now, uh, if you watch this movie blindly like I did and you went in cold and you kind of sussed out the vibe of these two characters in the first five <laughs> to ten minutes, you might think to yourselves, geez, this is oddly like two other old Hollywood performers that I know. Five minutes, by the way. Oh, not, yeah. not five seconds. Five seconds. Not two seconds. <laughs> So you might go to yourself, man, where do I know that like squeaky high pitched voice and that like soulful Italian crooner shtick? I, I mean, I feel like I know them individually, but I also feel like I've seen them together before. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's oddly similar to the style of Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin, but surely two different things. Surely they have their own sort of distinct thing, right? Like, you know, the monkeys were the American answer to the Beatles, but at least they sort of developed their own voice mm. over the years, right? Um, no, these are literally Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin impersonators. <laughs> that is what they did. <laughs> that is what Sammy, Sammy Petrello, at the age of 17, which is as old as he is in this movie, was a professional Jerry Lewis impersonator. It's like casting an Elvis impersonator to star in a major Hollywood production. Yeah. Literal impersonators of the two are cast in a movie because the producers of this movie were like, 
why should Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis be the only guys making a Martin and Lewis movie? <laughs> That's not, that wasn't the re was it? That was the reasoning. What? The, 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 it wasn't. We can't afford to pay these guys. Think about how popular Martin and Lewis were in the early fifties, where their impersonators made a movie. Yeah, it's kind of insane. Sammy Petrillo was actually discovered by Jerry Lewis because he was in high school, remarkably similar to the man. He would perform at nightclubs doing his Jerry Lewis shtick. Jerry Lewis found him and said, hey, why don't uh, you come on uh, on television with me on, on a show called the Colgate Comedy Hour and play a baby version of me? And so uh, he did that to some acclaim and success. And so this movie producer comes around and says, hey, why don't uh, you star in a movie and we'll pair you with this guy who is a lot like Dean Martin. <laughs> And we'll make a Martin and Lewis movie together. <laughs> Jerry Lewis says, now, wait a minute here. <laughs> this this sounds like something I should sue over. This doesn't seem very legal. He's just stealing my shtick. I mean, to the extent that you can, like, copyright a shtick, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he files a cease and desist against this movie. And the producer of this movie, a guy by the name of uh, Maurice Duke. Yes, a man by the name Maurice Duke says, oh, no, wait a minute. He's like Mr. Krabs and fucking SpongeBob. The dollar signs appear on his eyeballs. And he goes, oh, wait a minute. This movie's a piece of shit. It ain't going to make any money at the box office. <laughs> but if they're going to sue me over it, how about I just offer Parabout to buy out the movie? I'll give them the negatives and they'll burn the negatives and I can make my money back and maybe a little more. <laughs> oh, my God. So the movie was made just to get paid off not to release it. <laughs> so Paramount screens the movie. Oh my God. Martin and Lewis attend and they watch it. And it's this film about, you know, a, a Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin impersonator crashing on a deserted island, meeting Bella Lugosi, who's an evil Transylvanian scientist yeah, who's right. doing experiments on people and turning them into apes. Uh, and they go, oh, we got nothing to fucking worry about here. No one's seeing this shit. So they let it slide and the movie comes out. And uh, to this day, it's considered one of the worst movies ever made. It's wildly horrible. And not really in a fun way. No. Uh, hated it so much worse than last week's movie. Wow. Broke me. Wow. Hate this movie. This I was it. better? This was worse than yeah, from Justin to Kelly I for you. I hate it. This is one of my least favorite movies I think we've ever done on this podcast. Goodness. I hated it so deeply and completely. I I um I was kind of mad that because <laughs> it's it, it's really my fault because I picked fifty two or whatever the fuck the page was. Yeah. But um, this was a really dreadful experience. It took me like twelve sittings to get through this movie. <laughs> there is something kind of magical though about knowing that movies this horrible came out sixty years ago sure. or what, seventy years ago. Sure, 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 sure. sure. That's kind of nice to know that like bad movies aren't just a thing of today. <laughs> it's nice to be reminded that we've always had bad film, you know? Yes. Well, right. And, and we have always had soul crushing, um, you know, exploitative capitalist exercises. The most oh, cynical yes. shit I've ever seen in my life. Yes, and, certainly. And also wildly offensive Drek. I was, I was, I was, and I don't, I don't get bothered by this stuff easily, mind you. Very, very rarely. You just gifted do. me a Criterion edition of Pink Flamingos. Exactly. And I'm yeah. like, what the fuck is this? But it's different, right? Pink Flamingos knows it's offensive. Yes. It knows it's trash. Mm. This movie is not self aware. And I also, I, I suspect that this movie was offensive by the standards of its own day. I Not so just too. by the standards of today. I think the B-movie at the time was kind of an institution. It's hard to explain now, right? But like back then, the expectation was you went to a double bill, you went to a double feature, and you saw a good movie and you saw a bad movie. You know, like the idea of the B-picture was uh, a part of culture. Not every movie that you paid money for to see in a theater was a $200 million blockbuster, right? So Actually, this might be a stupid question because I actually don't know, but is this why it's called a B-movie? Was there an yes. A and a B-side? Correct, yes. So the, they literally like flipped the tape or whatever? 
yeah, well, well not literally the, the tape, but it, 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 it was the other side of the bill. Did the yeah, projector yeah. have two two sides, basically? Uh, that kind of thing. I, yeah, it was some something like that. Sure, but it, it was the okay. yeah, it was the the B picture was the second picture. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, so uh, yeah, I think I think maybe there was a an understanding of uh, how horrible movies like this were, but at the same time, like I think it was nakedly a cash grab. I think yes. like again, Martin and Lewis were incredibly popular. This is right after uh, my friend Irma goes west and. Uh, and at war with the army. So like uh, they, they were insanely popular at the time. And um, like even then it's like we're really we're going to put the impersonators on the screen. You know, like it's like grabbing like a look like it's like grabbing a share impersonator or whatever and putting them in a movie like Moonstruck, you know. Well, but the problem is like when you're putting these types of actors at this level on a movie screen for like you know thousands of thousands of people to see i mean i would have at the time been so confused by the movie i'm like well clearly it's martin and lewis but like why is it not martin and lewis (laughs) why didn't they actually get martin and lewis why am i watching the rc cola martin and (laughs) lewis no it's not even rc cola (laughs) no it's not it's not not (laughs) that they're imitators they are impersonators (laughs) they are honest about the fact that they're that they're trying to be martin and lewis but nobody knows who these guys are it's not even slightly (laughs) off label or bargain bin or anything but 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 by doing that you're acting under the assumption that everyone knows who these impersonators are they have to be famous enough to be put into a movie right right no they don't they just need to look like martin and lewis that's ridiculous that's all they need to do <laughs> that's insane they need to have a similar vibe that's it <laughs> but they're not martin and lewis it's blatantly obvious it's insane but, but they're it's not fucking... playing martin and lewis they're playing yes, they are. <laughs> no 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 they're playing martin and lewis impersonators exactly <laughs> in yes. the movie in the right. script <laughs> their characters that they're playing are impersonators right as uh, they are in real life which they're playing themselves that's the craziest part yes they're actually credited as themselves which martin and lewis weren't necessarily in those days they were actually playing characters (laughs) and meanwhile bella lugosi is the only guy in the movie not playing himself and he has listed as himself in the title of the movie (laughs) as though he's a character in it except in the in the like credits he's listed as dr zagar right it's so bizarre i was trying to think of um an instance of that happening like, are there any modern movies that put the name of the actor in the title, even though they're playing characters? Well, John Malkovich. Yeah, but he's not playing a character, right? He is John Malkovich, though. But yeah, it's not. The name is John Malkovich. That's right. Yeah. The the recent Nicolas Cage movie is the best example. It is a different n- name, isn't it? They uh, spell his name differently. Well, his name is not in the title of the movie, though. That's the only thing. Yeah. But he's... But he's he's credited as a different spelling of his own name. I was I was thinking about this like um, remember remember that Vin Diesel movie The Pacifier? Yeah. What during trailers for that it doesn't really count as what I'm talking about. But the trailers would often advertise Vin Diesel is, is the Pacifier. But the movie's called The Pacifier. I, I know it. That's, that's the not closest the first kind of time thing. they've done stuff like that. No, though. Steven Seagal used to do that all the time. Like yeah. all of his movies were structured so if you put Steven Seagal is at the front of it, it would still work grammatically. Sure. Yeah. So it was always Steven Seagal is under siege. Steven Seagal <laughs> is above the law. It was always that kind of shit. Yeah. Oh um, my god. Abbott and Costello used to do this. But so like it used to happen a lot more, I think, in those days and it was more acceptable. I actually found this. This might be my favorite name of a movie ever. Add this to your list of worst movie titles of all time. Uh, Bud Abbott and Lou Costello meet the killer Boris Karloff. (laughs) Abbott not playing Abbott. Costello not playing Costello. (laughs) Boris Karloff not playing Boris Karloff. It'd be like, <laughs> it'd be Dude. like saying, uh, "Treasure Hunter Harrison Ford <laughs> <laughs> searches for the Lost Ark." You know, that's terrible. We accidentally mixed up the title and the summary. Exactly. Right? <laughs> Might as well put a parenthetical next to the name. Right. It's insane, but yeah, that was the thing. It's like, uh, I mean, we can't just make a movie with Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin impersonators and. Uh, and call it the boys from Brooklyn. Like, we got to get our boy Bella in the title here. We, we've also failed to mention there's a British title, which is even more confounding, called Monster Meets the Gorilla. Right. Who's the monster? I guess it got to be Bella, right? 
Yeah. Here's the other thing, too. Like, <laughs> it's very confusing because there is no monster in this film. No. D- does Bella really meet the gorilla? He creates the gorilla. Yes. Right. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't just stumble on him. <laughs> yeah, right. It's the idea, like, a, a Bella Lugosi movie meets this Brooklyn gorilla movie. Yeah, I'm sure it's a it's an Abbott and Costello title that, uh, yeah, I, I'm sure it took inspiration from that. Form. Is there a pun we're not getting? I don't think so, Nick. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I could spend years just on this title. I mean, what the hell is a Brooklyn gorilla? And why is it an indefinite article as though there's more of one of them? There know? is a Brooklyn Zoo, isn't there? Yeah, I'm so, sure. So I guess that's what a Brooklyn gorilla would be, I suppose. Well, that's even more confusing because <laughs> even... it's not from the zoo. Yeah, there was another title, too, that was like The Woman in White or something like that. Like it was also like very generic and had nothing to do with the plot of the movie. Um, Kind of badass, though, not going to lie. I, you know, it's an awful movie. I, I, I enjoyed it. I had a good time. I had some fun. There were laughs to be had. No. Uh, it's an interesting sort of time <laughs> no. capsule. Uh, I, I'm not like a real big B movie guy. Like, I, I'm not a, you know, Mystery Science Theater 3000, Plan 9 from Outer Space kind of fan. Um, but this flashback to a simpler time, I did find kind of funny. The director of this movie... Uh, William Bodine, his nickname is uh, William One Shot Bodine because he would just get one take of a movie. Oh no! Um, oh no! And I, what was IMDb? <laughs> Four hundred and two directing credits. Four hundred and two. Respect. He'd make like five movies a year because he would never do a second take, and he would just get them done, break by lunch. Unbelievable, this but, guy. But what if you fuck up the take? Next take, next next setup. He's making Bella Lugosi meets the Brooklyn Gorilla. How do you mess up a take? There's no take to mess up. What if Bella falls down from his rampant morphine addiction? That's a fair point. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. You work it into the script, Adam. <laughs> There's a guy. <laughs> there you go. Work it into the script. I love that. Yeah. My scripts are malleable. <laughs> <laughs> Christ. Yeah, but this is at a time when uh, I think the, the production company was called Poverty Row. Oh. Um, that was the brand. I know. What a name for a, a distribution house. Poverty Row. But they, they uh, were responsible for, uh, if, if you read Quentin Tarantino's uh, recent book of film criticism, the Bowery Boys series was a Poverty Oh, my production. God. And I believe uh, William Bodine was a director um, of those films. He was like the primary director of those films. Boy, do I know about the Bowery Boys because he didn't tell me anything else in that chapter other than yeah. the fucking Bowery Boys. I just wanted to learn about Paradise Alley. Yeah, it wasn't that the Paradise Alley? <laughs> it was, and he wouldn't shut up about the fucking Bowery Boys. He gets to Paradise Alley at like page 25 of the chapter. It's the last page. <laughs> the first 24 pages are just about the Bowery Boys and the differences between all the other like spinoffs of the group and which ones were the superior films in the series so what the fuck does this have to do with anything it's unbelievable (laughs) shit it is so my fucking shit i know that book did you like any of the musical stuff in this um uh, what's what's the name of that song do i do or something yeah that's the stevie wonder song but yeah uh sure i do yes i do if it, if it wasn't cringy it was like very like literally uncomfortable like ooh, like this feels wrong do I want you, oh my, do I, baby, indeed I do. Do I need you, oh my, do I, baby, of course I do. You know that I'm the one Right, I mean, it is the ultimate nightclub act. I think, you know... We think of nightclub acts now as like Don Rickles opening for Frank Sinatra or whatever. Yeah. Like I, I actually have the poster of the Rat Pack in my in, in my uh, office here. Um, and, you know, I think now we think of, oh, yes, the days of old Vegas when the power players and mobsters would sit in the crowd mm. and, you know, Dino and Frank would duet and mm. they would do old jazz standards. But I think for the most part, it was like hacks like these fucking guys just yeah. like playing at these cheap clubs at mm. two in the morning. I don't know. Uh, we look at everything with rose tinted glasses that way. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. There was really no romance to it. I I find I don't know. I find this guy to be an okay singer. I think he's all right, and I kind of liked the song. I guess. Um, 
Yeah, when it actually got to their act, though, they showed their actual act at the end of this movie when it's revealed to all be a dream. Spoiler alert. Oh, my God. Uh, and yeah, I, I understand why this is their one and only movie that they made together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, what were they going to just from the from the premise alone, though, you know, there's no chance they're going to keep going and make more films like everybody involved knew this was a one trick pony. Mm-hmm. Never going to do it again. Right. Right. Yeah. This movie is advertised as a horror comedy musical drama it's like they took every genre and just threw action whatever mm. uh and it's nothing it's none of those it doesn't right. meet the it doesn't meet the requirements of a single genre it's not romantic it's not funny it's not scary it's not interesting i forgot about the romance there is a romance yeah there's a whole love story in here there's two love stories yeah that's right <laughs> actually three if you count the the, uh, the little monkey I guess that's true. If you count Rosanna the monkey. Mm. The potential bestiality that almost occurs. <laughs> um, it's not very kind to um, overweight people, this movie. A lot well. of fat shaming. A lot of fat that shaming. That came out of nowhere, yeah. huh? Yeah. So I, I did some research on that actress. Because uh-huh. uh, the whole time there's this, uh, there's this uh, fat woman who is... Uh, she gets the hots for the skinny, high-pitched voice, annoying comedy guy. Yeah, well, I'd be more entertained if I had a pretty girl to talk to. Hey, girl, why you do have all the meat and potatoes? Meat and potatoes? Don't mind, my friend. He speaks in a vernacular. I don't? Gee. Gee, I want a girl. Jack, like the girl. The other. I'll call my sister. This is Saloma. This is your sister? My baby sister. Saloma? This is Sam. Well, it's been nice knowing you. So long, Salami. And she's just chasing him around the island, and he's running away from her. And that's the whole movie, basically. Basically. Um, her entire career was built around being the fat chick. Oh, God. Right. The fat, funny chick in comedies. Sure. Here, though, it's it's not like Melissa McCarthy, though, getting laughs out of physical comedy, being an overweight woman. Like... She exists in the movie as the punchline of oh, the Dean Martin guy gets the hottie in the village and Jerry Lewis gets this woman and she's chasing him around. I suspect that was most of her career was being the punchline. Yes. They're laughing at her because she's fat. Right. That's the- <laughs> and she has the hots for him, like the like this rabid desire to be with him and he keeps running away. Oh, my and God. It's like you're fucking a Jerry Lewis impersonator. You can't do much better. <laughs> no, you can't. Like, let's not act like she's out of your league. You're lucky, right? bro. Yeah. At this point. <laughs> I, I read a newspaper article where she mentioned that she uh, – as, as her career started blossoming, she lost 60 pounds from 260 to 200 or something like that. And she said she was afraid to lose any more weight because of because she was having so much success. Right. That's like a New Yorker article in 2022. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. That's like, and back then it was like just like, aha, look at this fat lady and listen to her story. It's like because it, this wasn't a flattering. This wasn't an article trying to like present her issue. In a way that people were supposed to sympathize with her. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we should kind of explain what happens in this movie. So it opens with these two nightclub performers crashing on a deserted island. And uh, there's a village of all white people, basically. And they're kind of talking, and it seems like a made-up language. Like, are they actually, like, is that an actual language that they're speaking? Is that like... No, it's a made-up language. Yeah, it's made up, right? They're just, like, making animal noises. It, they're, they're making sounds, yeah. Right. Yeah, it's make, pretty... Yeah, they're making sounds. <laughs> Which is why the, the things they say from scene to scene are, like, wildly different. Right. And <laughs> from, from Jerry Lewis is picking it up. I, I'm just going to say Jerry Lewis. Right now. <laughs> uh, he, he's picking it up quickly because uh, he, he's just making up sounds as well. Yep. <laughs> Like, what'd he say? What'd he say? I don't even know what I said. Okay, banga banga. Since when do you talk a native language? I just started today. But what'd he say? What'd he say? I don't even know what I said. Now don't hit me, Dookie. He hates me in the head. Look, I know it's a dream, too, but just the, the, the initial premise of uh, we got here because we just stepped out of a plane. 
It's not that we fell out of it. We just stepped right out because we turned here and it was the door was open. I do like this premise. He's like, I opened the wrong door and he followed me. Good thing we had our parachutes on. <laughs> and there were no parachutes. <laughs> I was very confused. What's the right door on an airplane? <laughs> like, what's the right door on the wall of a... To open and walk jet? through? Yeah. I don't know. Is, you know? I think you've already made the mistake once you've touched the knob. You know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, so yeah, they, uh, they, they fall and, uh, they, they get, and again, there's this village. I think that the, the name of the island is Cola Cola and there's a joke about like Pepsi in there and it's, you know, mm. a lot of ha-has and you know, they're performing for this all white group of, of natives, natives. <laughs> <laughs> which to be fair, the movie, they kind of justify it at the end. It's a wizard of Oz situation where, you know, all the people in the dream are actually in real life. So it kind of makes sense. Uh, so, yeah, they're on this island, Cola Cola. There's, like, one elder that's an actual minority. And then there's another guy. I think his name is, like, uh, Bongo the Witch Doctor. That's uh, his name. And uh, he's got that mask that he never takes off. Oh. The entire time. But for the most part, it's just, like, you know, generic, hottie, young Hollywood uh, starlet. Um, and, yeah, they start performing for the village and... They're able to escape certain death because they're into the Martin and Lewis routine, I suppose. Oh, that's right. Oh, well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Showtime at the Royal Tahitian. And what a wonderful show we have lined up for you tonight. You know, as you know, this is my first visit to your beautiful island of Cola Cola. And I want to say that the climate is wonderful. It really makes a guy feel full of Pepsi. Get it? Cola, Pepsi? Pepsi, Cola? <laughs> I love I love when they're they're doing musical routines and you know they start with normal tribal music at first and then the second Dean Martin gets up there's like an orchestra that starts playing right. but the orchestra's nowhere in sight. I just... <laughs> Again, all of this is kind of justified by the ending of the movie, but I'm not sure that's intentional. Yeah, I would say it's not. It's the only way any of it makes sense, though. How did you have fun with this? Because, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a movie with fucking Bela Lugosi's name in the title. I don't know. <laughs> it's so crazy that it exists, you know? It was uh, a very long 74 minutes. It was. It was incredibly long. I actually remember, like, I started the movie at 5 o'clock. And I didn't finish it until 7.30, and I'm not sure how that happened, genuinely, because I did well. if you do the math, it should have been over in half that time. <laughs> how many I times? really don't. Did you walk away? Like, <laughs> I, like I don't I was recall doing... pausing it. I don't recall getting up, but like, there <laughs> I was two and a half hours later. It had you in a trance. <laughs> you just can't account for that hour of your life. How about Bella in this? What do you, what'd you think about him? Again, he's not in much of the movie. I don't know. what That's the other problem. I was kind of getting excited to see him because I was like, if anything's going to save this movie, might as well be Bella, right? Yes. And he, he was I, incoherent. Yeah. You could tell that he didn't know what was going on. He wasn't there. It might as well have been a Bella Lugosi impersonator, too. Yeah. Yeah, should have been. I think Bella Lugosi is a super interesting performer. Uh, you know, all of his questionable choices towards the end of his career aside. Like, I think the reason why he was in so many B-movies and the reason why we're still talking about him today is because... When that guy fucking arrived in Hollywood in the early 30s and did Dracula, it's like, holy fuck, who is that? Like, he has such a vibe and such a presence. Mm -hmm. And the movie plays around with that. Like, it specifically parodies a scene in Dracula when they appear at this giant mansion in the, on the island. And uh, I, I think Martin and Lewis say to each other, like, he looks like the guy that sucks your blood in all those old Universal monster movies, yeah. essentially. And the reason that they're parroting it is because it's a lasting image. Like, yeah, the, the fucking eyes lit up um, in that original Dracula movie and that voice like he is Dracula. Mm -hmm. When you when you do all your silly little Dracula impressions on Halloween, like you are doing a Bela Lugosi impersonation, even if you don't know it. Mm -hmm. So he is really good, and he still has a vibe, and he, the vibe was there in this movie. It's just that's true. So few and far between, and his character motivation is less than zero. Yeah, he really does have a rare face for black and white film. Yes, I agree. You with know that. what I mean? Yeah, it yes. really plays well. Yeah, because it's so mysterious and and high contrast. Right. I, I mean, the shot of his eyes lit up in in Dracula. They they play that close up a couple times. Um, is it's still scary it was made in the 30s and you watch it today and it's still kind of it's still scary 
Yeah, it has that good impressionable quality that, you know, a lot of those movies of the time do. It's the same reason why, like, you know, Boris Karloff works because he's sad. He has right. a very strikingly sad face, and Bela Lugosi has a very strikingly terrifying face. Right. Yeah. And didn't Bela Lugosi play Frankenstein in a couple of those? Did he? Yeah, in a couple of those later Universal movies. He played Frankenstein? Yeah, he originally, I think, turned down the role, um, which, yeah, I don't know how that would have went. I think Karloff is... Amazing. Obviously the right choice. Yeah. And he's he's also great in that original Frankenstein yeah. movie. Yeah, I don't I and I and I think later on he kind of played him in a limited capacity. But he didn't actually go back to the Dracula well as much as you would think. I think he only was Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein the only other Dracula performance by him? I thought he did at least one more, right? I don't know. I, yeah, I'm not sure now that I'm thinking about it. I don't know. I don't know. Um yeah, he's fucking great. And he hit so late in life, too. Like, a really, like, fascinating story of, like, this guy in his 40s who's just been doing this performance on Broadway. Mm. Or, or actually, in England, uh, not not on Broadway. Um, and, yeah. But, yeah, in this movie. What is his motivation in this movie? He's a scientist. Right. And scientists do wacky things. Anyone want to try to explain the science here? I think it was best explained by... Uh by the character she is back to little monkey what is wrong nothing is wrong Chula. nothing now i can change a man into a gorilla a man to a gorilla it was genetic manipulation he was trying to find the the thing that uh, led to monkeys becoming man, and that's because that's obviously how it worked, right? Uh. Right. It's not that we have a common ancestor; it's that the next stage is man from monkey. <laughs> they're they're like Pokemon. Oh, I see. Right? Right, they, right, right. They evolve, <laughs> they evolve to the next thing, okay. right? And we are, you know, Blastoise, and gorillas are. Uh, Charmeleon or whatever. Squirrel. That's the wrong. No, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Charmeleon. What's well, a war turtle? That's the there one. There you go. Sure. We got there. We got there. And the chimps obviously are squirrel. Squirtle, Okay. Yeah. Right. That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. No. That's, that's the logic of this film. I know. Right. So the science essentially is that you can inject humans with this. It's kind of like a de aging serum. No, it's kind of it's kind of like those stones in Pokemon. Where when right. you put the Pokemon next to them, they evolve. God, I'm so fucking out of the loop with Pokemon, man. It's been so many years. No, that's like from the original, dude. That shit's from the original. There yeah, I know. I've, for, I've forgotten all. I'm like, I'm rusty. I don't remember the stones. I've been out of the game too long. Yeah, hmm. there's like a water stone for water types. There's like a there's like a special stone that if you put them next to certain Pokemon, they'll evolve. Is that right? Right. Yeah. You, yeah. Like you could give one to Eevee and then Eevee would turn into whatever one of the three different. Uh, right. 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 Yeah. There was a water version, earth version. Oh. Were you a Pokemon guy? A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. I hated Pokemon so fucking much. It didn't sound like it. <laughs> I, I, I was into it like <laughs> hardcore for like two years. Yeah, that's probably about right for me. Yeah. Where it was everything for two years. And then as kids do, I kind of just dropped it. No, I had an older brother and older cousin who had control of the TV, control of the toys, etc. So I am right. given what they pick. Yeah. Right. I, I yeah. liked I liked the toys. I liked the tv shows and i i played a lot of super smash bros but you know that's kind of it um yeah so essentially the because he injects a monkey he injects ramona the monkey who by the way was one of the several monkeys that played cheetah in those tarzan films of the 40s and 50s Mm -hmm. uh they they were all just yeah they were getting a lot of work at the time are you telling me the monkeys were more famous than most of the actors in this movie (laughs) that's correct yeah probably (laughs) so he injects one of the monkeys and the monkey de-ages becomes a baby monkey so mm. i think the implication here is that whatever chemical compound um the doctor is working on can de-age humans to a another species entirely that doesn't so, so in other words like <laughs> you can't humanity operates you know just as as one we're, aging process you know what i'm saying we're clear. We're a close relative to chimps, but we're not chimps. Right. I like the idea of like de-aging a Galapagos turtle into a frog. Yeah. Like, that's just so stupid. Oh my god. So we got that DNA in us somehow, and so uh 
yeah, uh, Dino gets injected here with the serum and he becomes a guy in a gorilla suit. Which is, by the way, the worst costumes I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's, it's fucking funny, though, man. It is kind it's of funny. It's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> These poor people having to walk around in that shit. That guy in a gorilla suit. Oh, dude. my God. <laughs> you love a guy in a gorilla suit. I do. I'll tell you what. One of the biggest laughs in all of SpongeBob is when the guy in the gorilla suit shows up. Yeah, that shit works. In the Campfire Song episode. My only laugh for me and, um, 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 what is it? Pink Panther is the gorilla suit scene. So there's oh, that. in the original Pink yeah, Panther. The original, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, so there's that. Oh, it's funny. Thank it's comedy. Know. Still works. Oh, yeah. You know? Timeless. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the science didn't really make much sense to me, but that should go without saying. Also, a, 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 a chimp and and a little like like macaque monkey. Like a monkey and a chimp aren't, aren't the same thing either. It, it's an ape. An ape and a monkey are two different things. <laughs> Well, now you're one has a tail yeah. and the other does not. Yeah, detail, Adam, now you're being nitpicky. I mean, come on. Yeah, you fucking relax. I know, I know. Give it a rest. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it does, the movie's bad enough. Uh, so uh, yeah, so Dean Martin falls in love with this woman, this 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 white woman who's one of the natives, but is also one of the scientists in in uh, in his lab in Belagosi's lab. And so Dino falls for him, and Belagosi needs him out of the picture. So he injects uh, Dean Martin, and he becomes a, a an ape or gorilla. Or, I don't know what's what's what species there. Fucking Darwin. What 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 the hell is it? Well, gorilla's an ape. Okay, uh, ape becomes an ape. He's a singing ape. He's a singing S- ape. Yes, He's able of. to sing even though he can't talk, mm-hmm. and that's how he proves to Jerry Lewis <laughs> that he is in fact the man. Do I love you? Oh my, do I, baby? And so, yeah, so hijinks ensue. Meanwhile, Bela Lugosi kind of just sits on a couch the whole movie and kind of acts ominous. And uh, at the end of it, he just fucking shoots Jerry Lewis. Best part of the movie. And it's like, holy shit, where's this going? This is a pretty radical ending to this B-movie. And cut to the Wizard of Oz sequence. Uh, the the bouncer in the club is is one of the natives. And Bela Lugosi is like playing the the sound engineer or something. But but these these guys are like the the Sammy and Duke in impersonators in real life. That's what that's revealed at the end. I was slightly confused on that. Yeah, they're actually themselves. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Adam, they weren't playing a part. What are you not following? Yeah, what about don't this? you get about I, this? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Hollywood at the time was like, "We're gonna make these fucking impersonators the next big thing." Why impersonate? Why? <laughs> I just I'm so. Imagine lost. if this caught on. <laughs> oh imagine my if, god! Imagine if we never actually had another celebrity. They were all just Elvis impersonators for the next hundred years. I was just about to say the thought of it of Elvis movies just being done by El- Elvis impersonators is the <laughs> funniest thing. Isn't to that me. what Austin Butler's doing though in that latest movie? I guess. He hasn't turned it off yet. He's the ultimate Elvis impersonator. <laughs> He's gone method. He's gone full Elvis. Elvis he would say that Elvis has taken over. You never go full Elvis, yeah. you know? This in the in the words of like Jim Carrey in that fucking documentary, Charlie Kaufman, he took he took he took me over. Uh, I was possessed by or not Char- Andy Kaufman? Yeah, Andy not Charlie, Kaufman. same people. I, I do want to see the Charlie Kaufman version of that movie. Though. Me too. <laughs> it probably would be somewhat similar. <laughs> That's a good idea, actually. Yeah. Um let's see here. I don't know any other things about the no. Plot I got nothing. I don't want to talk about this movie. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're kind of spinning our tires here. It's because I, there's not really much it just going sucks, on. Sucks, dude. It's fucking awful. <laughs> I'm pissed that we watched it. That doesn't happen often. I'm like, I, I, I'm usually like, yeah, all right, all right. This it is what it is. But this, this, there's a lesson to be learned or something at least, or something interesting. I just like nothing, nothing. I got nothing out of this. I hated it. Um. Yeah. Oh, I did want to. I did want to play the trailer because I thought it might be kind of fun. So here, let's do that. Duke Mitchell and Sammy Petrillo turn an island paradise into the zaniest madhouse in the seven seas. Charlita puts a gleam in Duke Mitchell's eyes. Your smile 
only added life to your masquerade. Muriel Landers puts the whammy on Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I did think that's, made you laugh. Made that's you laugh, one of the Adam. great tropes in old Hollywood is when there's a totem pole just randomly there, and the guy poses as one of the heads. Again, the totem pole—that's another thing. I'm just like, <laughs> what are you people doing? <laughs> Run for your life! Okay, that was a funny Run, bit. Get out of here. Run for your life. What the yelling at the, the cutting to yeah, he, he's, he's yelling run for your lives and we cut to all of these animals running <laughs> stock footage. Interesting. <laughs> what a charming compliment. What a charming compliment. He's more Jerry Lewis than Jerry Lewis, you know. He finds the perfect subject to turn a gorilla into a goop and versus <laughs> Oh my god. I can't watch this. <laughs> what, are you, what are you trying to tell me? I don't understand. Versa what, Visa. What, what, what am I, dumb or something? Uh, don't, don't answer that. Hello, Duke Mitchell. I'm running this game, you understand? And I'll talk back. Yeah, now put it on, because we got to get out that door. The jungle is jumping. <laughs> With gals, gags, and goofs. When Bella Lugosi meets a Brooklyn gorilla. <laughs> I, I, I think I really did like that scene where he's yelling for everybody to get out of the way because they're on an island and they're cutting to footage of giraffes, <laughs> like herds of giraffes running, <laughs> herds of gazelle. Like, they're just like, oh, yeah, you know, this Polynesian island is basically Africa. <laughs> <laughs> He's also in that scene in a, in a in a thick jungle, and then the scene where they they cut to the giraffes is like this wide open savanna. Right, <laughs> right yeah, right. Uh, I dude, I got nothing. I really don't have anything. Nothing works. I hate it. I don't know. I don't know. How are we feeling about Cocaine Bear? Gents? That's a question. Ooh, how are we feeling about? Where it? are we I, landing on Cocaine Bear? The thing is, if we don't talk about it this week, we're never going to talk about it. I mean, it is a documentary. So. I need to be honest. So, oh. <laughs> I have completely soured on cocaine. Bear. You think so? Yeah. No, I, I get it. But I'm saying if we don't do it now, we'll never, we'll never do it. We don't have to do it. Yeah, we'll never do it and never do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I tried to fix it and I did it twice in a row. And, you know, I only have so the much. Worst when you try correcting yourself and you do it worse. The second time. <laughs> there's no fixing it. It's all right. <laughs> Just let it be. Um, yeah, I don't know. I. I don't feel super great about it, but I mean, we can do it. We promised it. We can do it. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just feel everyone's in on the joke and that's not generally where we tend to go. What were we expecting it to be though? I mean, I don't know with the title, like with a title like that directed by Elizabeth Banks. I mean, I don't. Yeah. Somehow it's more silly than I was anticipating. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Right. Like it's one thing if it's like a bunch of people playing it straight and then there's this crazy silly bear. But everybody's playing it silly. Every right. character in the trailer is playing it silly. Seems that In way. fact, the bear is the most serious character, it seems. A- yes. And that's kind of unappealing. But even the bear is playing it silly sometimes in that trailer. Well, and, and meanwhile, it's like solid character actors like Margot Martindale. And I think it's like Ray Liotta's final performance, too. Is it? Yeah. So it's really like overqualified people in this. And it's Elizabeth Banks, who I, I, I wouldn't say has really uh, left her mark as a director in any substantial way with that Charlie's Angels reboot from a couple of years ago. But I, I don't know, like, is this really worthy of her time? I, I don't know. It all feels like everyone is purposely trying to make a B-movie and that never really works out. Alden Ehrenreich is in it. Uh, Matthew Reese is in it. Isaiah Whitlock Jr. I'm sure he's going to say, oh, shit. At some oh. Point. Um, so I don't know. I say we got two options. We either do Cocaine Bear or we do Ishtar. Ishtar. And that's it. Those are the options. But documentary month starts next week, right? Uh, Well, that's... No. Documentary <laughs> starts the week after. Okay. Okay. All right. So next week we're either doing Ishtar or I know Ishtar it'll be March for the Bear. listeners, but I don't care about the listeners' perception of time. Uh-huh. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll, be, it'll be February for us. I'm not ready for March to be here yet. I'm oh. just telling you. I'm not ready. Not really to get educated with nonfiction. I need another week. <laughs> Let's see Cocaine Bear and see where we're at. 
Maybe I'll see Cocaine Bear and take one for the team. And I'll report back. How about that? Why don't we just do the 25th anniversary of uh, Titanic? Yeah, let's just... <laughs> in 3D? In 3D. Can we see it in 4DX? Hell yeah, let's give it a shot. Get the, the waves splashing in our face and stuff. They just flood the theater. <laughs> like, they just actually flood the theater. Half the audience doesn't get out. Next week uh, on Two Cents, I think we're going to start our jingle bracket. Is that right? Yeah, coming up. Starting our jingle bracket on the Movie Hall of Fame. We are doing Nickelodeon films this week. Yeah. We're doing all the animated Nickelodeon films from my childhood. I'm subjecting Adam to them. Yeah. And we're going to talk about the best ones. Last Airbender's getting in. Last Airbender might be a possibility. Yeah, that's right. And um, I think I think you were looking to do another movie bracket on some podcast. Maybe it's this one. Maybe it's Movie Hall of Fame. I'm we, not sure. We could. I th- I would like to do a movie bracket of of some kind. Yeah. I, okay. As I said, with trailers or posters or or terrible titles. I, the one I've been wanting to do is taglines. Taglines. Yeah. 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 So. Uh, Let's maybe do that at some point. Anti-Oscars are coming up. A lot of Oscar shenanigans on the website. Now that I'm I'm excited for, for the whole Oscars yeah. ordeal. So there's going to be some Oscar content on the site. And uh, we love you. That's it, right? Yeah. Cool. Bye, guys. Bye.